And she goes, shut up. And I was like, what? And she's like, you got to stop talking to yourself and saying that your shit doesn't matter because of other people out there. Okay, so first of all, I was going to do the intro and then you came out with this smolder. You can't make that face. And my face is sitting next to your face. We can't. Anyway, welcome to the Wake Up Warrior podcast. I'm your guy, Joe. So let's make sure we're all waking up here. Today, I have a very, very special guest. My guy, Eric G, a entrepreneur, a dad, a model, a, just and, 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 and today, he and I are going to talk about some things, uh, you know, some things I don't think dads are consistently talking about. I know dads of my, like my dad's generation definitely never kind of dove into some of these things. So I think it's important that uh, we bring to light some of the things that have been helpful to us, even if we aren't, uh, you know, some things that in our own personal lives that could be helpful. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you, man? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. And dude, like I am, I've been so amped about this since last Hello? week. Uh, like truly like I, and like people don't say this to each other, but I'm going to say, cause I don't really care. Like Please. I have genuinely missed your company. Like I've missed you. I miss your Thanks. energy. I miss mm -hmm. like yeah. talking to you. I feel fired up. Like I miss every, like genuinely just miss you. Uh, and I haven't seen you in probably like a year now, which and is I'm crazy to say. It. Uh, it's been a while. So just thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm just so pumped to catch up, man. Well, I got to give you a little background story. Me and Eric met a long time ago at the YMCA. And yep. it was a weird ass bro moment because we we're both in the gym, but we were both the weird dudes with the cameras before camera shit was cool. Right. Or like everyone was doing it. It was kind of still like a faux pas of like recording yourself in the gym. Who does that? Now everyone does. So obviously we're the forefathers. This is the forefathers podcast. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we were like, oh, what kind of camera is that? And like we went back and forth and have been kind of like on and off of this journey of like trying to create content, trying to dad, trying to like build businesses and cool, fun stuff. And every once in a while, we'd have these long ass two hour conversations just about life, about business, about things that we're seeing. Uh, and oddly, and Eric has mentioned it because uh, he called me last week and was like, yo, we need to get on something together. We need to, we always vibe. We need to do a podcast. We need to just some kind of create some kind of content because the conversations that we have are typically just so inspirational to each other. Maybe other people watching could feel some of that energy like he was saying earlier and i was like yo we ha I, I agree we have to do it and oddly like in life we've kind of like lined it'd be like he would say something i'm like bro i'm doing the same shit and he doesn't know but it actually happened to like me the other day so we're talking and eric's about to hop into a therapy session and he doesn't know this i haven't told him i've actually last year so 2022 it was the first year I really dove into therapy myself. So another, it was just a weird, like, oh shit, he's doing it as well. I'm doing it. Uh, Eric, kind of give me a little bit of your background with it prior. To, so when did you start? I started, I think in uh, October of last year, maybe a little bit okay. before. And I've been going once a week ever since, like ev so once a what? week ever since. What was your impression of it, of therapy in general, before you went? Before I went, I actually tried to do – so 
I tried to do traditional talk therapy, like via just like a, an app. I forget what the app was. And I, it was just like, Hey, I want to talk to someone and get it out there and like, just go over stuff that I don't know, like maybe I, I don't think I'm broken, but maybe I could like fix something with my life. Like maybe someone I'll have that aha moment in there. I don't know, get like an unbiased opinion. Uh, so I really was like, I tried that. I didn't get a whole lot out of it. And then that, and that's for me. I'm not saying no one should do that. I'm just saying that's for me. But before then, you even tried that, what was your uh, impression of therapy in general? Were you I, positive, negative, indifferent? Positive. I was like, okay. I was, yeah, I was pretty positive about it. Now I was still like, it's unknown territory. So you're like a little iffy with like anything that's unknown. Right. And I, there is a stigma where it's like, I don't really want to like showcase that I'm like, Hey, I'm going to see a therapist. Like, you know, I feel like with women too, like most women that I know, I'm not like generalizing, but I'm just saying oh, generalize like, the hell we do. We general you got to sometimes you got to. And then, uh, you know, but they'll be like, Oh, my therapist said like, it's kind of like a, a thing. Right. But I feel mm -hmm. like you never really hear guys talk about that. So it was, Very I don't, rarely. I never and thought honestly, it was, I'll be real with you and I'm sorry to cut you off. But that's like, all good. for me, I think I internally always saw some kind of, like, oh, that could be interesting, but never really dove into it. And I'll be honest, like growing up, it, I mean, I'm probably already going to get canceled. One of the first few interviews, but growing up, that was white people shit. Like straight up, like when you heard about it in, you know, whether, I mean, and, and what's even crazier, it was white people telling me that it was white people shit. But like <laughs> that was like, that was, nah, we don't have I just don't do that. And then as a man or, you know, a young man at the time when I was kind of first hearing about it, guys, guys don't talk about their problems at all. And so it was always like, yo, just, you just eat it, take care of it and just get over it. Yo. So I was like, yo, I was almost adverse to it because to me it was admitting that I was weak as opposed to looking at ways to improve things. Sorry to cut you off, but so after you started going then, um, sounds like you had a decent impression of it going in. You said you started talk therapy. Wasn't great. Talk more about that experience. Yeah, no, it was, it, I, the person was good. Uh, I actually, this, this talk therapist is what kind of led me down the path that I was on. So, I mean, it actually did do something then, but what's crazy is she mentioned EMDR. So EMDR Which I've heard is, before. Okay. is I, oh my gosh, I movement desensitivity, desensitivity reprocessing. It's okay. a mouthful. Uh, and it, it's crazy. So, but what's wild is, and like, this is where like fate gets intertwined. And like, I really believe in like, like maybe not necessarily destiny, but like you're, un, you're going over these things for a purpose. Like I, I was brought to that talk therapist for a purpose for her to bring that up for me to have the aha moment. My client of seven years for marketing happens to do EMDR. Oh, okay. In Tampa. And she's the best that there is at it that I've known. So I've been having my team do her content marketing for the last seven years. So I know all about EMDR, but it never triggered in my brain to, like, to go, you should go. Now, oh, she didn't tell me to go. Yeah, the, the, the talk therapist never said, you should go check this out. But what ended up happening was she said it and something clicked. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. But I actually didn't do it first. I had my wife go. And she, so she, oh yeah, EMDR definitely let the wife be the guinea pig. Pretty much, yeah, I was like, yo, because it's like, gonna you mess somebody up and niggas mess you up. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, I was like, we'll fix you first. Like, well, let's do that. <laughs> and then, 
Uh, so I throw that out there and then, you know, she's got a lot of, uh, uh, traumas from when she was younger. Um, so she, she went through, you know, not to get like, bring down the mood or anything, but she went through a lot of sexual assault when she was younger. Um, and so that was like her trauma. So EMDR is typically a trauma, uh, stuff that it gets rid of. So the more I, I was the one that like, was like, I want you to do this. I think this is going to be good for you. I'm going to still do work on myself. But I would like, I think if we work on your traumas first that are not bottlenecking our relationship, but that are somewhat, I think she, you know, she springs the worst out of me when she's her way. And then I'm dumping it back on. And then I, we each just have our own problems. But yeah, and she, typical guy and, like, yo, go fix your shit first. Because exactly. it's you. It ain't me. Exactly. I don't need it yet. <laughs> so I was like, you go check it out. So she went, she went and did it. And honestly, she was like. She was like, you'll never understand it until you do it. You'll, you'll never understand it until you do it. And I knew about the process, but she's so right where you don't understand the experience until you do it. So she just came out an entirely different person. And I was like, it's my turn. Like, so now then in October I started and it's crazy. So you hold these little, it's, it's, so it's fixing your, your trauma, any trauma that you might not even think is trauma. So just to piggyback off of what you were saying, where you were like, I'm a man, I'm, I don't want to feel weak. One of the first things I walked in and said was like, you know, cause she knew my wife, obviously. So I wasn't like finding out about what my wife was talking about in there or anything, but I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I need this. Like, so I sat down and was like, I don't know if I need this. And I don't know if I have trauma, like, especially compared to what she's been through, especially compared to what other people have been through. And she goes, shut up. And I was like, what? And she's like, you got to stop talking to yourself and saying that your shit doesn't matter because of other people out there. You're not weak for coming here. You're not. And just because you are, you're minimizing your problems, thinking you have to be a man and say, oh, well, this is fine. I'm not going through stuff. And then she opened my eyes to not go, oh, I guess I do have all these traumas. But she was, what, what I didn't understand was how, I didn't, even though I didn't consider it a trauma for me, like maybe things that happened when I was a child, things that happened even as an adult. And she was like, that trauma, that is actual trauma that your body's holding. So you hold, you hold these things and they vibrate left and right. And they, they like get your, you shut your eyes and your so eyes you start two vibrators and, right. and then you close your eyes. Got yeah, it. exactly. And then you're like, okay, let's, what are we doing? This is getting weird. Uh, so now it's, see why it's you like, sent your wife first. Yeah. We're, so we're vibrating left and right. Right. And then uh, we're sitting in there. So the way she does, it's trippy because she's, it's, I don't know if you ever heard of parts therapy. No. She's special because she mixes EMDR, which is the holding in your hands and where you really just have to traditionally, from what I gather, uh, you think of a thought and that like a, your trauma and then you kind of, it kind of like you feel it in your body and then it kind of almost erases that feeling, which is, it's wild. So it's really backed by science. Like it's all like rewiring your brain. But what she does is she explores like it's you guys are going to think I'm like the weirdest person ever. She we already did. So just keep <laughs> so I'm good. Fine. Uh, Go so she'll like actually parts therapy is exploring younger versions of yourself. So while I'm in there doing that. So if like something happened and I got bullied when I was like eight, I would actually go in there and she gets you down this rabbit hole of. All right, what's the first thing? We're going to target this. What's the first thing that pops up? And then you start feeling all these things that pop up. And then she's like, let your body feel it. And then you actually then create a conversation with your younger self. 
and then it's really like about a lot of negative self-talk. Like, so her biggest thing is you left your, like, you kind of left your eight year old self out to dry because you bottled this down and said his feelings don't matter because you minimize that feeling. And then so it's almost, like, it sounds like there's a reconnecting, uh, to almost polish off or I don't even say polish off, but like almost like a, a sense of forgiveness for that younger version. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. So it's like, like hey, a connect, I'm sorry. A connecting I... with that person, like, hey, like you didn't deserve that. That wasn't your fault. You were eight almost, right? Like in yep. a sense of, um, almost, uh, it, for me, when I hear it, uh, the word forgiveness comes to mind. Like, hey, you were eight. Mm -hmm. bro. Like it's okay to be eight and do eight year old shit. And those people who might have done something to you or acted a certain way, uh, we're doing so not realizing that you were eight because they were probably dealing with their own shit as well. Yeah, exactly. And then you, and you step so what would you your... say outside of the process itself? What do you say? What would you say the is EMDR? Yeah. It, the EMDR has uh, helped you realize about the different versions of yourself. It's, it's just crazy of how I really started looking at things like, if I got angry at someone in traffic, why did I get angry? I'm not being my highest self because I shouldn't be able to let someone outside of that. I, I, I choose who I let in. Like she always, she always does this. She grabs her chest. I choose who I, I let in here. And then there's people that you let in like right here. And then there's people that aren't getting in my bubble at all. So like, mm. why would I let someone that I don't even know in traffic bother me? Well, it has to be something that happened to me. I'm not really mad about the traffic. I'm mad about something not even else. A little bit. Got it. Yeah. So like, it really like allows me to like step back from myself if I'm like, or if I get snippy with the kids or something like, why didn't I just get mad at him for Roman? He's eight about to be eight for leaving something somewhere. It really wasn't that big of a deal. It did not affect my life at all, but it was like, your eight year old self is mad at his eight year old self. Exactly. It's almost like at, making amends. But it really rather is. than forgiveness, it's almost like making amends with different versions of yourself. A hundred percent. And then you're like start to let those things uh the the physical representations of them currently can subside a little bit, or you can at least I don't want to say control them, but can recognize and deal with them differently. Is that what I'm hearing? It's so you can help them, not even yeah, not control it. So you could help those yeah. versions of yourself Fact. from the highest version of yourself. So like if I had like we talk about a lot of problems with like, like I don't have a dad. So like we talk about a lot of like that stuff. So it's like, I'm basically talking to my versions of myself that when it fits in the context of whatever I'm talking to her about and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm literally going to take care of you now. Like I'll, mm. you don't have a dad. It's fine. He couldn't step up. But, but my highest self, like me right now, I'm going to be the one that's going to take care of you. And we don't, we don't need those other people. It's fine. I'm here for you now. It doesn't and surprise me that we both have daddy issues. It's weird, man. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I guess. How yeah, have you confronted that? Or I'm sorry, like if you take away, um, this would be an interesting question because I actually think I know my answer without having like, um, anyway, at what age, right? You talked about the different levels or different ages or versions of yourself. At what age do you feel has the most issues with not having a pops? Surprisingly my twenties when I started having kids, mm. but it's okay. like a snowball, right? Like there was things like, it's weird. Cause we started taking care of like the stuff when I was younger first 
and then it snowballs because you fix the earlier stuff first. Then it helps you really deal with what the real problem is as you're older. Mm. And um, like, a, it's a lot of body work. Like, she's like, where do you feel the anxiety? Where, or where do you feel this? Or what are you feeling with that? And then those feelings like vanish. Like, I swear to God, I never realized what an angry or sad or like person I felt because of how much like stuff I was carrying inside of me and like stuff I felt in my body. And I, I truly like feel like a different person, but in like my twenties, um, and I didn't even know, like, I was like, fuck, I don't give a shit. Like I'll, I was like, I didn't have a dad. Cause he was like, he, he wasn't man enough to like take care of me. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the dad that I want to be for my kids. And even then with that thought, I still wasn't stepping up as much as I could. Not that I wasn't taking care of them, but I mean, yeah. Little little stupid shit that you don't realize along the way that you pick up and like. I think as parents in general, we automatically assume because our kids have it better than we did that it's good, right? Right. As opposed to what's the best that I could do. It's like mm -hmm. well, I didn't have this, so it's like, but they could have better. Like I, uh, I remember dealing with another parent, and she was like, "Well, she she hit her kid, and we had just had a conversation about like, you know." hitting kids essentially and her response was well my when i was a kid it was that it's like yeah but would you have wanted this right like it it would you have wanted to be hit right it's almost like a weird conversation of my daughter has it better she was saying but like couldn't it be even better you right. know and, and not that listen how if you hit your kids you hit your kids i'm not that guy uh, i have my own opinions about it but um I think that's always – I think that's something that as parents, as adults, as leaders, we should always try and strive for is like, yes, it's better than you had it, but can you or can you provide better than it is right now? And if so, like how can we do that? That is an interesting, uh, I guess, idea that you had or you know, when you were thinking about the kids. That's interesting. So how yeah, did man. you address that? Uh, I don't, there was like so many ways it was like, you have to go through each version of yourself. Uh, like it's so weird. Cause there's like, okay, we have to pick a topic and then you pick like a control, like one of my core beliefs. And I didn't even know this was, uh, and she helps you like with the process was, uh, I am, I'm not good enough and I'll be abandoned. And then you pick mm, like, that's mm. your core topic. And then a you row? pick the opposite. You were yeah. living the same life, bro. <laughs> it's trippy, man. It's yeah. it's real trippy. Okay. And then no, it's like, okay. So it makes a lot of sense why if Cherish starts, you know, when we used to fight, like, which we don't anymore. Like, we literally have not fought ever uh, in, like, the last, like, three months. And we used to be, like, the couple that was, like, fighting internally at home, like, just bickering back and forth. And then she would ignore me for, like, seven days. And then as the years went on, that became 24 hours. And then now it's not. But now it's, like she can't, she doesn't phase me anymore, but like, also we, t we just talk through stuff because there's no the emotion. It's like, yeah. it's so different, man. It's weird. Cause I don't have that, that abandonment thing made me chase her around and like, like chase her around and, and like, she doesn't want to talk to me now, but I was like, no, we're going to solve this. We're going to, we got to fix this right now. And I didn't realize what a fear it was that it was like, I knew she wasn't going to leave me, but my body thought she was going to leave me. Like that's, mm. that's the anxiety that's like got me hunting her down and it's like, what's wrong? Let's fix this. What's wrong? Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And now it's like, yo, you mad? Like we literally, we had a little like argument this morning, which was like the first in like three months. And, uh, I was like, Hey, 
I'm sorry you misunderstood my tone. I had no, like nothing behind it. I swear to God that it was just, I was like just doing my own thing and I wasn't realizing how I was speaking to you, but I'm sorry that I, I let it get that far. So I will also didn't mean to not validate like your feelings. I was just mm. telling you, it seemed like you were coming at me as opposed to telling me, telling me how you felt. You were telling me how you felt and then telling me I was a piece of shit real quick right after. And I was like, bro, like that's not, you don't want to come at me like that because now I'm in defense. And then, so we had that open conversation. Fight was over in 20 minutes and it wasn't even a fight. It was a, it was a, not even a heated conversation. It was like, there was a miscommunication that we solved in, in really fast because of all the, the stuff that we've been working on. And it's just crazy, man, what it's, what it's done. So like, How's how's everything going for you? Like how's how's stuff going for you over there? How long have you been going? Have you read I'm trying to find it right now, but have you read the book Attachment? No. Uh it's pretty good. Um that was one of the first uh things that kind of discovered when I went to therapy um was the different different attachment styles. I'm actually trying to look at the different ones cuz I know that there's avoidance, there's secure and uh, I <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that I don't know what the other one is and anxious attachment styles. I think there's a few uh, others. Um, but, uh, the way you were talking about your conflict resolution with your wife, it brought up one of those to me where like someone who, uh, is avoidant or secure mm -hmm. can not validate, but just make sure that the person who's anxious understands the actual intent of, uh, what that person meant. Right. And just kind of re the reassurance that, yo, like I'm here, I'm on your side. Um, so for me, it was a little bit different. I did go to, I guess, I guess it would be called talk therapy. I didn't know. I don't know about EMDR, so I didn't know really the difference. But uh, I actually went because uh, someone that I was seeing at the time and I had decided we were going to try. We had a pretty tumultuous relationship. We tried a couple times. And we were going to give this a, 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 another attempt but decided to start it with, a, I guess, a referee or uh, another opinion or another look. So we decided to start with therapy and in therapy we had, oh, it was, it was super emotional. Honestly, the first time I, 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 I didn't realize how I was in relationships and how like I was affecting because, uh, I found out that my attachment style is more avoidant, um, how I am. Like, so when you say like your abandonment style is like, yo, come here. Like I need to be like my abandonment style. Uh, it's funny how we both react, have similar issues with different reactions. Like if someone wants to go, go. Like I'm not, I think my abandonment style is like, oh, oh I feel like you're leaving. Oh, then go. Right. And it's, it comes off as I don't need you when really it's, I've been chasing people who I love all my life and it's tiresome and makes me feel, to chase someone now makes me feel unworthy. Mm -hmm. Right. But it comes off like, oh, I just don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck about you. Leave. Right. And so it's funny how uh, I forget what it was, someone in an interview was saying that certain things can happen to in our lives, but we react differently. And so that's like something that we both share, but our reactions to them are significantly different. So anyway, um, we left that therapy session. And so first off, the, the, the therapist had met, said something to me that no human had. Uh, something again, t like little when I was younger, something happened and I didn't realize how much it had affected me and affected some relationships. And this person had looked at me and like you were saying, like, it was like a forgiveness for that young kid because he was doing his best. And as long as 
uh, I wasn't that same person, then it, I mean, like you're a five-year-old kid, you don't know what you're doing, what you're saying, what's happening to you, stuff like that. And so, uh, it was, it was for me, it was actually super revealing. And then I started seeing her by myself. And I think the biggest thing for me is having someone else, right? I am a, as much as you and I share, like I do share with my close friends, there's a lot I just have never said to anyone. And a lot of it's because I don't want to be a burden to anybody. Mm -hmm. And so because I don't want to be a burden, I've kept some things that probably should have been talked about close to the chest. And it was weird because in my head, it's like, oh, I'm paying you to listen. So strap in. Let's go. You're going to get all yeah. of it. And I would go with like notes and checks. I'm trying to get as much of that. Like I'm paying what I'm paying. Bro, we about to get it all out. I need some responses real quickly. Don't take too much time thinking. I need the quick response because I, this is by the minute. Yeah. And um, I think it just really helped me outline and look at things differently. She gave me a few books that helped me uh, when I wasn't with her. I thought that was really cool. And it was it was more like coaching. And I had never – I had looked at it initially like, yo, I'm going in because I'm weak and I need to be fixed. And um, I think more for me now, it's almost like we all have – it's like a, a, a Lego set, right? When you get the, the, the Starship Enterprise, all the pieces are in there. You just haven't put them all together. Mm -hmm. And so now my viewpoint is, you know, whether it's therapy or whatever, however you cope, you're just putting pieces together. It's not that it's broken. It's not that you need to be fixed. It's just that that evolution, like like you were talking about going back and just addressing some of the things that had happened or like some of the things that you didn't realize were still affecting you. You didn't need to be – that kid didn't need to be fixed. That kid just needed to be seen, understood, heard because that kid was was still acting. And, and for me, my five-year-old, ten-year-old self – was still acting in ways, acting out, right? It's like it's like the tantrum was still going on, and no one had seen, heard, acknowledged that kid, right? Mm -hmm. When we throw a tantrum, it's not because we want to act bad; it's because we we are not we we have needs that have not been melt, met, and we need them to be met. So when that younger version of me was acting out at twenty five, thirty, thirty seven, no, thirty six now. I just hadn't seen, heard, acknowledged that young man. And when you do, it's wild, bro. How, like, you look at life a little bit differently. You, like you said, you start dealing with people a little bit differently. Less things affect you. And if they do, you start to pick up on, like, oh, that, like, the more things that I was receiving, I was looking at them way different. And realizing that, and, you know, I think you see that quote all the time, you know, realize that people are dealing with shit that, and you don't even know. So, like, someone's reacting to me. I think for a while I'd be, I'd act like I was cool, but I really wasn't. And now it's like I really am cool because that person isn't reacting because I treated them like shit because I did my best to treat them, you know, I try to be a kind person. I try and look out. I try and make sure that we're both, you know, in any situation, I'm coming to it with a, a mutual respect. So if I know if I'm always doing that, because I'll be real with you, there was a time in my life that wasn't always the case, but now I know I'm that guy, then their reaction really isn't, it's either a misunderstanding of my intent 
or it's something that they're dealing with and I can fix the one. The other is something that they have to address with their little kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, man. So for me, uh, it definitely was, uh, I'm not going weekly. I think it's definitely something that like for me, I think I still have a little bit of that. Like I like to kind of figure out. So her and I talk a, a lot. I read a lot of the stuff that she suggests and we'll go back. And when I do feel like, mm, like this is something that I cannot, not that I can't handle myself. This is something I need another perspective on. She's a great resource and gives me that educated because again, like they see this stuff all the time. So it's that point of view of like, yo, have you thought it could be X, Y, Z or show like, like you said, uh, in a different way, obviously go back to, well, you told me this before. So is it possible that it's like, Oh shit, you know? And, um, I do think in some ways she does go back a lot, but also like for me, I think I've taken on this idea of like, okay, it happened, but like you're a grown ass adult right now. So what are you going to do to go forward differently? Right. And so in, in some ways, not that you're not going to get closure. Uh, and obviously I'm not the professional, so don't take my shit for a golden, but like in some ways, like, we do have to realize that the decisions that we make, the reactions that we have are choices. Like you looked at two options or more and you chose something. And in this moment, we get to choose um, some things as well going forward. Going back, I think you're right. Like taking care of looking, you know, hearing, acknowledging, understanding that little kid. But going forward, it's like you're making choices. Mm -hmm. So you know what you want to do, where you want to be, who you say you are, make choices that align with that person. And I think when you look at it as a physical, like, okay, this, this choice aligns with who I want to be. This choice doesn't. For me, I think that's what I'm leaning into more along with some of the things that she suggested to read. That's amazing, man. No, yeah. that's incredible. That's it really, as you're saying that the, the choices thing really hits me because my first one, my first like control, uh, I'm sorry, my first line that we went Bye. to was the abandonment stuff. Mm. Mm. And then the second one that we, that we're finishing up on, I have two sessions left and then I'm done, uh, is I'm, I'm not in control and I don't have choices. And then obviously the opposite of that is like the target. So you pick that target and then everything that you can think of when, as you're visualizing that target comes up and it's, it's so crazy because I always thought, you know, you're making this up, stuff up as you go, as far as like your life, you're making this stuff up as you go, as you, as you know, as a dad, as a man, as everything. And you're trying to do your best and doing all these things. And it's not that I never felt like I wasn't in control, but it's so crazy what it does feel after you fix that. One of the, that one of my core beliefs is I'm not in control because I don't have choices. Uh, and then now what that looks like, because now that I fixed the past of it, moving forward like mm. you said is just it's crazy so like even just a little stuff that like you ever get stuck in your closet like I, and i know this sounds stupid you get stuck in your closet and you're like pick you're like i'm gonna wear this and then for whatever reason you second guess yourself and then you're like now nah, i'm gonna wear this now and like this i do this is just little examples of stupid shit i do all the yeah. time i don't really care about what it actually is but the the purpose behind the thoughts now that i'm like evaluating it was like I'm going to wear this flannel and a white shirt and a pair of jeans and my boots. Look, smash and I'm going to go out, 
Yeah, I'm smashing go, by the way. I'm I'm go look better than me on my own podcast. This is shit. <laughs> and I'm, Video is better. Dinner. Exactly. And I'm gonna go out to dinner, and then I'm. This is this is what I'm gonna wear. I'm like, and then there's always, and this is like a, always maybe wrapped in insecurity. It's like, no, wait, don't wear this. What are well, what are they gonna be wearing? Am I gonna be overdressed? Am I gonna be underdressed? And then you start to second guess it, and then it's like you settle on a decision that you made based on other people's stuff. Essentially, mm-hmm. is what I was doing. Maybe not everyone can relate. No, I hear you. I actually but think now, we do that a lot uh, in yeah. a different way. Keep going. No, and like now it's like. I'm wearing sweatpants and slippers right now with this on, on top, not because I knew I was doing the podcast and you wouldn't see my pants, but because I don't give a fuck. Like, this is what I wanted to wear. And, like, I have control over wearing this. And who's no one's going to be phased by what I'm wearing because everyone's worried about their own shit. And it's so it's so weird the lessons that I've just learned with this this stuff and, like, becoming more of the person I'm supposed to be. And then, like, going back to like the parts of it, like your eight-year-old self, your 10-year-old self, your 15-year-old self, even two years ago, stuff that I did, I had to address. Um, and really like just in my relationship in my life as a, as a husband, as a, a parent. Uh, and I, it's, I've never felt more, this entire journey is as much as it was about fixing my interactions with my wife and my kids. Uh, not that we had a bad life. I just wanted to be better. Like, this mm. is like a personal trainer for my brain. That's how Bro, I've been it's, it's just at like it. we talked about earlier. Like, oh, this is good, but we can still evolve it. Yeah, you know I mean, can, like, we can get better and yeah, better. Yeah, over I'm very time. happy, but not content. And it's like that, that little bit of, I didn't realize, I thought I had self love because I went to the gym and because I counted my macros and I finally got in shape because I, I battled like uh, I was really heavy kid. So I battled a lot of that my whole life mm. and that I was a good dad. And I put a, you know, I started my businesses and there was a roof over everyone's head. And I thought that was all self-love. And because I did, you know, I would wake up and I would read motivational things and in- inspirational things. But the check him out real- on TikTok. Exactly, exactly. Check him out on TikTok. He's very <laughs> motivational. Love it. Love it. At Eric Runhofer, and yeah. then uh, the, Puts it on the, the biggest form of self-love is like crazy to be like in a room with a like she's a stranger basically to me. She you know she knows my whole life story, so she's not a stranger anymore. But in a room with this therapist, and I'm going over this, and you're really exploring and like the feelings in your body as you're talking about these moments, and then the conclusion of each step is with that version in that context like this thing happened the the conclusion that you have to do is you wrap your arms around your your that self whatever it's self so weird thinking. the way you were setting that up i'm yeah. like yo you give yourself a hug and like it you just made to. sense bro wow you have to so i'm literally wrapping myself around little eric and i'm going i'm oh, having a like so a you ever see stranger things this, <laughs> this is the best you ever see stranger things Okay, so he's talking about his, his younger self. He's not wrapping himself around little Eric. But, yes, I've yeah. seen Stranger Things. <laughs> okay, Go ahead. yeah, my younger self, little Eric. Uh, yeah. So the <laughs> Stranger Things, you know when, like, uh, Eleven goes into, like, the black – she goes into the water, and then she pictures herself, in a, and it's a black room with, like, water on the floor, and then it's just her in the empty room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's her in her mind as she's, like, exploring whatever. Whatever reason, because I'm a big movie guy and a, like, big show guy, when I was exploring, like – talking to my younger self, I would put little, she always makes you put Eric out in front of you, put eight year old Eric out in front of you, put 10 year old Eric out in front of you. And I would picture him in that room. That's oh, where my mind, my mind went. And he would just cool. be sitting in that room. And I'm literally, so it's like loving that kid. You're just like, you looking have at, to, Bro, I, oh, I fuck with you. 
you have a dialogue with them, basically telling them everything's going to be okay. And then I put my arms around them and I swear to God, like, I'm not even scared to admit this. The first time I did it, not only was I scared and weirded out because I was in this room with this woman, I have never felt more comfort in my entire life than the second I put my arms around my younger self. And like, I felt something in my body that I've never felt before, just in my heart, like just genuine, true love of like, it's going to be okay. And that was the most comforting experience I've ever done. And I get to do it once a week. Mm. And like, I get to do that all the time. So now when something happens, I was like, I, I realized I was being like snippy the other day. I literally went upstairs and I, she never told me to do this. I just took it upon myself and I like was in my bathroom and I just looked in the mirror in my own eyes and I was like, what's wrong, man. I was like, you're not being your highest self right now. Like you're not being your highest, best self. What's wrong. And then dude, it's crazy. Cause if you ask the questions, you're going to get the answers. Mm. So you, I literally like my 15 year old self popped up and I was like, this, this happened. And I was immediately like, Hey, we got this. It's okay. Now I'm not saying this out loud. I did say out loud, like what's wrong, man. Yeah. And then, uh, but I, the rest of the dialogues internal, but he, someone jumped out and told me what the problem was. And then I was like, it's good. We're good. Like, let's come on. We got this. Like I'm, I'm here. Everything's fine. Nothing is wrong. And I, I had that conversation to keep him in check. And it was like wild because you, you don't realize how much different versions of you. And it's like weird. Cause my head goes to like, I feel like I'm kind of time traveling almost. Cause like in that context of like, I'm going to visit my 15 year old self and like all the, any problems you have, you can really equate it to, like you said, throwing a tantrum as a, as a adult, like your younger self's throwing a tantrum. Uh, and that's kind of what it felt like for years. I always just picture the younger version of me kind of like I picture like my seven-year-old son or my two-year-old daughter. I just picture them going like, you know how they want you to pick them up? Pick me and up. I'm like, pick me up. Yeah. Give me a hug, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, or she, you know, she falls down and she starts to get upset or she's, She's throwing things because she's mad about absolutely nothing. I'm sure that's how I feel when I hug tall girls. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, you're going lower. You know, you're going lower. (laughs) I know you. He's he's not wrong. (laughs) So I just picture myself like that, though. And then even better, inadvertently, like now when I when cherishes, if something's going on with her, not only can she not affect me because I'm not letting that affect me because I, like you said, I know I didn't do anything wrong. I treated you the best way. This is you shit. This is you shit that's going on right now. This is not me shit because I didn't do I didn't do anything wrong. And you're not going to phase me even if you start putting all these these I things on me. This like, podcast gonna put you on the couch for like a week, but keep going. I mean, it's, I sleep yeah. on the couch anyway. Tom <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you, you're not going to phase me, and then you know. I'm like, I picture my two-year-old daughter when my wife is have if my wife's having a moment, which again, they're getting less and less and less. I picture my two-year-old daughter, but like my wife's version of it going, pick me up because she's having, she's having a tantrum. So it's been, it went from me going like, we got to fix this. And I pounce or I'll like maybe say mean, not mean things to her or like call her names, but like, we're in a fight. You do what you do when you're in a fight. Now it's like, Hey, oh my God, are you all right? Like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Let me help you. I'm, I can help you. You don't have to throw like you don't have to throw that. Bro, you don't, don't have keep to mess at me this like up. That. Don't do that. You're looking in yeah. my eyes like that, bro. Don't. Church <laughs> about to have some issues. No, I do. Get, and, and it's funny because it sounds like you are like you're making different choices, right? It's almost like we were talking about just a little bit ago. 
where you were doing one thing, now you're just making a different choice, and mm-hmm. you've seen the benefits of making that choice, so you get the confidence in knowing that this new reaction is more helpful. That's yeah, really exactly. dope. It's, I, cra- it's crazy, man. It's really, really crazy, honestly. Like, life-changing. Like, really life-changing shit. If anyone's listening or sees this or whatever. Well, yeah, that, what like, would you say to somebody who's considered, like, on the fence? Um, outside of just your experience, or no, no, using your experience, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about any type of therapy? I would say, I mean, just, I really do look at it. Like, I think the one thing that got me over the hurdle besides like I'm broken or there's something wrong was literally like, I have, a, I would get a personal trainer right now or a coach for my body. Why not get one for your brain? Mm-hmm. Like, and I also know a lot about working out and fitness and macros and dieting, but I would still have a coach because I want to be that much better. And I really feel like when you put that in that perspective that you need a personal trainer for your brain, no matter what, every, every personal trainer is different. Some of them are doing brain science. Some of them are doing just talking. Some of everyone does it a little differently. Do the brain so like, science thing again. Just one more time. Just do the- brain science. Brain science. <laughs> brain science. Yeah, so, so I would in, say. In the code of warriors, we say, uh, we are strong. I am strong, both mind and body. And the mind comes first because it controls everything else. So what you're saying uh, definitely makes sense for me. I think that's why I also am leaning towards therapy can be really great. Uh, obviously, I think just like anything, though, you want to find someone that aligns with who you are. Like I need someone who's just straight to the point. Like my my therapist doesn't beat around the bush at all. She's like, but what about this shit? You know what I mean? Like she's just. British lady who's just like right that's to cool. like cuts it right to the point. What gets about right this? in it. No, that was terrible. Yeah, no, that, that's serious. No, I mean, the British action was shit, but the, yeah, the rest <laughs> of it was pretty accurate. Um, so I think you definitely got to find someone who aligns with you, but also, it, you know, being able to understand how you uh, operate, what makes you tick, what triggers mm-hmm. you have. And then not only that, right? So everyone knows the exercises, the sets, the reps, and all that stuff, but then also, how to do the exercise. So one of the things that was super, I think, important for me was not only did I get the exercises or the triggers, but also ways to deal with them. And so that for me, I think, is the difference between I mean, because what's weird is I always knew I had abandonment issues, right? Like you, at 20, at 19, at 15, you knew that there was like you hate it when people left. And you knew you had a weird reaction to it, but didn't really place why that was important to you. Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's one of those things like we know, but having someone else, especially a professional, not validate it, but bring it to you in a different way. Right. And I think that's what I do as a trainer. You know, like, hey, like, you know, you're supposed to eat and you know water and you know sleep. And, but one, I'm going to help you stay accountable, but also find ways that aren't so cookie cutter that are built for you to get the body right. And she's just doing the same thing for my mind, you know, super wild, super, super wild. What would you say? uh, Just a couple of quick questions, just because I'm very curious about the EMDR um, and just obviously your experience, but how has it helped you with business? Oh my God. Like I, now I, it's weird because I get, I didn't, she never said I compartmentalized, but I think it was so easy. Business is different than regular human action, mostly because, and I think this is why I always gravitated towards it. Not only did I 
like kind of, I'm like kind of a rebel in a sense because of everything that happened to me. I don't really have a mom. I definitely don't have a dad. And like, I have no family. Like I have none. My family's the only family I have. So I always did everything alone. And that's why I think I'm a great entrepreneur because I'm used to doing my stuff alone. And I'm even good at delegating because I always came from like, or not delegating specifically, but like having a team because I knew all the bosses I had and how I didn't want to be led. I knew, I knew that they weren't really leaders. They were bosses. They weren't showing me the path. They were just tyrants essentially. And I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had one good boss truly believe that. Mm. Um, and, and I'm comfortable so you became saying one. Yeah, exactly. You, and you have to, and you show them how it's done. And I swear to God, I, I like, I'm the guy that's like, Oh no, this is how, like, I'm working for my team. I literally work for my team to help them get the work done. And that's mm. how, that's how it gets done. And I always came at it like that because I knew what I didn't want to be was because I had so many of those bad examples. What would you say but, are the top, like just segue a little bit. Um, yeah. I think people know that we need that, not need, but uh, I think people now kind of get the idea, you know, how therapy has affected both of us. But what would you say? Cause I like the way that you were talking about your, you became the leader that you wanted because of bad leadership. And I think that's one Oh man, I, that resonates with me heavy. So what would you say are the few pillars of good leadership in your experience? What does a good leader uh, need to do? Honestly, not, not scared to do the work. Like it's going to be, I feel like these might even be cliche things, but you're not scared to do the work. You're not scared to like get, get your hands dirty. Uh, you're not scared to like, I'm, I think people have this idea of they think that they're parents of other adults, which mm, never works, mm. but I'm never going to, if someone comes to me and is like, like, I don't control anyone's schedule. I don't control like anything that they do. They know they have deadlines, they're adults. So like, all I'm doing is how can I help you get the work that you need done and like set them up best for success. And that's been the thing that has worked so much. And I give them, so after COVID, we all went remote. And I give them the flexibility. Now they're technically on call all the time, but we, they get all their stuff done faster and we've been more efficient since we've been post COVID because everyone wants to do their own thing at home and work. And I don't care that they're not clocked in for eight hours. That, that seems like weird now. That seems like old school shit it that is. people are worried about working an eight hour day. I don't give a shit. I want them to have good lives. I want them to be happy with their families because then work is going to be so much easier and happier to do. And, the and I focus on them as people better. more. Yeah. Okay. What would you say then is uh, the, What's the difference? Because you mentioned like people feel like they're parenting adults, but what would you say, how are your leadership styles in parenting and at the office different or, hmm. or the same? Because for yeah. me, honestly, they're super close. Yeah. Now but I think a lot are... of people have things to say about how I parent my daughter. Though. <laughs> like... <laughs> Dude, you're like, you're like the best dad I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, like, well, so swear. first off, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I appreciate that. But what would you say is uh, the difference in parenting and leading adults? Uh, and then also what are the similarities? And I'll kind of share some of my thoughts as well. Yeah, mine are, you know, I, I, <laughs> it used to be different. I used to think I had to control my, my kids. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not really like, I wasn't really rule with an iron fist, but I was always like, pick that up. I said, uh, you know, 
oh, don't tell me you're going to be down here in one second. I just called you. You're grounded. And it was like, I thought there had to be like repercussions and rules. And they were trying to get at me, like get around my rules and do all these things. But now since this work that I've been doing, it's really like, how often do I, am I finishing an email from work on my phone? And I tell them just one second, buddy, I'll be right there. How can I not expect them to give me the same treatment that I've Max, just been giving you showed them. them? Like you showed them. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, no, okay, no, take your time. Just know that I need you in a minute. And really now what I've, I think I've now gotten closer to treating them exactly as I treat my employees, obviously with so much more love and their children. And you, you, there's a difference the way you talk to them Facts. and the purpose like about their life and things. But my employees are the same. Like, it's like, Hey, like, why didn't you get that done? I thought, you know, I thought we, you knew we needed that done today. Oh, I'm sorry. This, this, and that came up. It's okay. Not you're fired. Not what the fuck, not what did you do? It's mm. like, Oh, you didn't get, you didn't get it done. That's okay. Well, what can we do to get it done? And when do you think that you'll have it done? Can I help you in any way? Are you stuck on anything? How do we, how do we accomplish this? And next and like time, maybe let me know. Yeah. Like, it, like, <laughs> communicate on here, but also right. like, I never want to be in a situation with them where it's like, uh, I'm leaving them with an, I told you so, or mm. like, not an, I told you so, or like a, you should have, I don't think a, you should have like works. I think it's like, a they're going to learn from the experience themselves because I just led with love instead of like leading like every other boss, um, that's out there. So it's like, Hey, cool. No, Hey, just want to let you know if anything ever like this ever happens again you could feel free to come to me. I'm super sorry that you didn't get this done. I know you're probably more stressed out about it than I am. And like, let, we'll set up things to make sure that this never happens again. Um, but you just let me know if anything like this happens and I can help you out in any way. Like I'll try my best. And, and I love like, the way that really you said that, that, that. like you transitioned a little bit from like really understanding how you are compared to like what the kids are seeing. So I think, where my parenting style is a little bit different than some is like I uh, like I first assumed that it was my fault because I am showing her everything, right? Mm -hmm. So if she's doing something uh, that I don't like, one I have to assess why I don't like it, and a lot of it is because of like this weird hierarchy shit that we think as parents. Like I, without saying it, I feel like a lot of parents feel like they own their kids, like mm -hmm. just straight up, like because I said so, like but but but. And it's very simple. Let's take the same, you know, hierarchy of like a teacher. Now, if a teacher said some of the same things that you said to your kid, would it be okay? And if the answer is no, well, then are we leading them well? Because that's the real world. We're supposed to be preparing them for the real world. So if you feel like you have a different level of – now, obviously, maybe a different level of influence, you would – hope your kid, right? Like I, I hope to lead in the way that she follows because she wants to. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the old quote was, you know, don't, you know, you don't get the ship built because you tell them how to build a ship, but you make them yearn for the vast sea, right? Make them want to be on this ride with you. And I, I mean, that for me has worked and obviously that doesn't sound super tactical, but I would say, Lead by example, right? Setting very clear boundaries, being reliable, being accountable, having integrity, making sure that trust is at the utmost important importance. Not not judging them, like knowing that they like Ava knows she can make a mistake with me, and it's not a big deal because we all make mistakes, 
right? And being and understanding that nine times out of ten, when she does something, there's a positive intent behind it. She wasn't doing it with malice. And for me, like we rock those. I mean, Brene Brown has this acronym braving, but for me, like that is front and center. And then this is the one where most parents tune out is she has a sense of equity in our relationship and our family. So like, yes, I might make most of the decisions, but she is a hundred percent considered in almost all of the major ones. And her opinion is taken seriously. Like we are going to move in this direction. Are you okay with it? And she might not be. And I still have to make the call like, yo, this is what's good for us. And hopefully I make enough good ones to where she sees like, oh, he kind of got us going in the direction that we want. Uh, but the equity thing is the what like is the one that's tough because a lot of parents don't like why. Like a lot of parents don't want like, you know, you're just a kid, but like kids are going to be adults. So like if you're not breaking down the game to them, how do they grow and make their own decisions? And for me. Like, uh, I lost my dad when I would say he was fairly young. I was young. I think I was like 30, 31. He was 68. And so like, there's this weird thing in my, like, I'm preparing her for me not to be around. Mm. Right. So a lot of that is like decision-making critical thinking. Like when she asked me a question and I know that she could get to the answer, I'm always like, yo, like, what do you think it is? And, I'm, and really I'm trying to get that inner voice. Cause it happens to me all the time. Like my step pops, my pops, he, he was the dude. And like, I would call him for a lot of shit that probably could have gotten the answer from, but like he would hit me. I mean, he put me on game and now like low key, that call still happens. It's just mental. It's like, Oh, like, okay, what would he do? That Like I was on the call. I was like, I caught my brother, me and him were breaking down something that was a little tough. It was a decision for me with Ava that like my initial reaction was go hard. And I was like, ah, I don't think that feels right. So I called my brother. First thing he says is like, what do you think pops would do? And then he's like, da, 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 I'm not sure, da, 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 we got to it. And like, not that it's only that decision, but knowing that influence is super helpful. So I'm trying to create that voice, which is really her voice, but my sound, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Like, it's really like, like, you know what to do, but we want kids to not make, I don't know, the mistake thing is a big one for me. Uh, and that was way too long, but yeah, that's my style. And I think I treat no, adult, what really gets jacked up is I struggle with adults because I'm like, yo, my 10 year old understands this shit. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you not like, that's where I find myself not being the greatest leader. Cause I'm like, why would you move? Like my 10 year old knows not to do some shit like that. Like, why are you, you grown? But then I have to remember, yeah. like we talked about earlier, they are coming to me as they are, and I have to take them as they are, not expect them to be someone different. Exactly. If they can't affect you, if you're here, you can't let them. You can't let them get here. That you keep them. You keep them here, and it's like, damn. It, it almost makes you. I never feel bad for people, but it almost makes you like like you think about it. Like, like yeah. If I'm like, oh man, my son can do that. Like, what the hell's your problem? It's really like, no. It's like damn, they must be going through shit if they can't Facts. even And, and I, I think that's where I'm at now because I will be honest. And it's like, oh, my daughter gets this shit? Why can't? And it's like, okay, hold on. That's not as important as a solution or getting this thing done. So let's figure out a way to get it done because that's what, like, I think uh, what I've seen with other people is, like, it has to be done my way. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, whether you're a leader or a parent, it needs to be done my way, right? I need you to do it this way as opposed to, like, we want it. If the object is to get it done and it gets done in the time that you need it with the efficiency and the quality that you need it, how it gets done, probably not that big of a deal. Like you said, you switched up with the uh, the hours and, like, as long, you know, get your work done. So you're achieving more. People have a better quality, or it sounds like a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. And you're able to output more. Like, so you're getting the job done, and you're not having to do it, quote unquote, my way. Your, it's. I think we, as leaders, uh, have to understand the burden of leadership. Like my, like you said it. My job is to take care of these people, right? It's it. It is a privilege. But that that privilege comes with a responsibility for others first, which is just how I look at it. But oh yeah, no, and that's it's crazy that you like. It's so funny too because if you really think about, I I'm a prime example of this. I have always been a I'm not doing it your way. I'm doing it my way person. And I know I'm going to get it done. And I think my way is actually better than your way. And when I was younger, I was really like vocal about like that. That's that's how I became an entrepreneur. Even my bosses, my boss would be like, you're going to do it this way. And it it has to be done this way. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just not. And on football teams, basketball teams, baseball teams, I was literally the guy that's like, I'm not listening to my coach. I'm going to do it my way. Because I really believe that my way is better. That Don't swing well at the ball short. if the ball's up yeah. here in baseball. It's like, why have you, like, Eric, you have to have this perfect stance in baseball and swing the bat like this. It's like, no, I don't. Every MLB player that I love has the worst freaking form I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm yeah. not listening to you. I, what, you think that their coaches made them do it a certain way and then they just, they got amazing like that, got up to the MLB and then switched up? Which no, is both, they used, that, that's both a gift and a curse. It really right? is like, always doing it your way. Like, ne- like I do see how, like, as a kid, I was very similar, bro. I do see how, like, yeah, it definitely, like, you, I, I think you said it earlier, it strengthens your mental capacity to do like the entrepreneurial stuff because, like, I'm gonna figure it out. Like, it's in my head. It's like, oh, I'll figure it out. But it, I exactly. think you, at least for me, I think I did miss some things along the way. That would have gotten me there quicker or even more efficient because I wasn't real. Me personally, and you might have been different. Like I really wasn't receptive in a lot of ways. <laughs> like I wasn't like, nah, that's trash, bro. Yeah, no, I I wasn't receptive at all. But then I I thought about it, and if as I got older, I was more receptive to to certain people, but still very much like my way is like this. If people come at you at a certain way that gets that that you let them in, that person did something right that resonated with me and I let that person in for a reason. So now I even have inadvertently with that exact thought, I even started hating my teachers more as an adult because I was like, they didn't give a shit because I'm not the nine to five guy that's going to sit in the cubicle. But every person that they loved, guess what? They're all employees. Every single person that they, those kids were like their golden children and all these things that they kissed these students asses that were honestly more bad kids, more class clowns than I was. They just liked them because they got in line when they told them to get in line. And I said, why is the line there? You fucks. That's the line. Shouldn't be there. Let's put the line. I would even I'll play devil's advocate. I think a lot of those cats just knew how to play the game better than I did. Like, I, I, I will say 
Uh, I was very similar to like what you're saying, but like looking at it now, whether they're employers or not, those cats just learn how to play the game. Like they learn, okay, you do the homework, you pay attention to like you can do, you get to maneuver a lot differently and a lot easier when you are using the game's rules in your favor. And I didn't, I was the class class. Like I was trying to engage the class in a way that it was just disruptive. I just was. Um, but like, I do see it now to where like, oh, some of those cats, cause you're right. Like they were partying, they were acting a fool, but they got their stuff done. They weren't a negative, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't require negative attention in the class. And I mean, we were just talking about the other day, how like I didn't do well in the class just cause I didn't bring my book to class. But it was like the weirdest stance to take ever. Cause it didn't make any sense. Like I did really, I think I got like a 97 on the overall, like the cumulative test, but failed the class because I didn't bring my book to class. And it was like one of those things, like, I'm not bringing my book to class. Like, you're not going to fail me. Like, try me. She failed me. And yeah. I ended up taking the class over. Um, and I look at it two ways. It's like, one, like, does that make sense? Because obviously I had a handle on the material. So am I here for knowledge or am I here to get in line? And then two, also like as a kid, like, and not as a kid, but as an adult, I see, like, I could have just managed the system better. Like, bro, just bring mm-hmm. the book. And then you probably could have had to study less because you would, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's actually ways to manipulate the system in your favor. I wasn't looking at the game that way. Um, and I think I just look at that differently now. So any of the kids who parents allow them to listen, I, I feel you. I think it's a broken system that will get fixed eventually, but... If you can learn how to operate in a system that you don't like, one, when you find one you do, and two, when you get to create it, you're boundless, right? If you can figure out how to maneuver and make a system that doesn't seem for you work for you, because in college, um, the second time, <laughs> um, it was it was way the opposite. Like I did my work. I was like I was definitely way more on top of things, but also maneuvered way. Like I was the dude getting the tests changed, and like I had a different rapport with teachers than I did back then. Mm-hmm. And it showed in how I was able to operate way different. Like I I'm not gonna say I was in control, but I was able to affect a lot of positive things for me and my classmates because I wasn't the cut up, and I was but in a different way. Super weird. What do you think about that? Like uh, understanding and maneuvering in a system? No, I, I think it sounds like prison. <laughs> I, uh, but for a kid K through 12, but for a kid yeah. K through 12, you're there. Prison. You're yeah. there, bro. And you have I no know. choice. And I get that. And I, I understand that a hundred percent, but also like there's, there's the part of me now and maybe, maybe I'm still bitter. Maybe I got to talk about yeah, this you in are. therapy, yeah, you are. but like, I, I shouldn't have had to fit in anyone's system. I know I had to get stuff done. And I do want to say, <clears throat> I probably was, I was a class clown. I definitely <clears throat> was a pain in the ass up until ninth grade. And then I was like, I brought myself too much heat and I tried to like blend in a little more. And I, I knew I had to tone it down and I did, and I was quieter, but guess what box I was lumped in. Now I had, my school oh, yeah. was really small. It, it, it followed you. It was too late. So well, I was screwed. It was, it was I, following me all over, but also I see you in the black room. Let me give you a hug, bro. <laughs> but also like, I was like, I was just like thinking like these people, your teachers, you're taking on the responsibility of mel- like 
molding the youth. I understand that at the time you were making 30 to 40 to maybe $50,000 a year, and you're definitely not getting paid to deal with assholes like I was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like if you're choosing that career, you should be more vetted to you. Every, every person in the world, there's always a couple people in classes when you're yeah. in high school you always remember that kid yeah. oh he was goofy or oh he did this or he he did that since it's always a reoccurring thing why aren't we accounting for it you're mm. still only catering to the 80 percent of people that are going to do exactly what you say when you tell them but that's not real life so to me yes the system i feel broken. like that is real life though actually like think about it like there's people who just don't like who your services could help but just don't want to mess with it and you don't like do you chase them down or you just let them go no, that's what I'm saying. I oh. it's not real life to think that it's a hundred percent of the people that, that should fit in that, the system. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, so I we're saying you. the same. We're saying the I same thing. Yeah, okay, okay. And then it's like, um, you what know, what would you say I, like, to the parents, to the parents who are raising those kids, and to the teachers who are teaching those kids? How would you say, right? Like, how would you suggest? And I got one too. How would you suggest that they? I don't want to say deal with, but how would you say suggest that they address or? manage a child like Eric G. I think if I ever had someone that like, as opposed to getting yelled at or getting detention and get this and then like almost like, like trying to embarrass me and like, I felt like that was a tactic a lot of teachers or coaches or, or all these people would use like embarrass me in front of people thinking it was going to like dim my shine. Um, like all that did was make me resent them. So I think if anyone ever actually like pulled me over and like had a conversation with me and it was like, Hey man, I like, even if they lied, like, even if they were like, I think you're hilarious, even though maybe they didn't find me funny whatsoever. I think you're hilarious. Look, we're kind of like disrupting the class a little bit. Like if we could like tone this down, I swear to God, like just do your stuff, everything like a small heart to heart would go a long way. And not one teacher, like my entire life did that kind of thing. It was rule with an iron fist, do this, do this, do this. And I, I cannot stand that. Like I, I cannot live my life listening to these other people do these things like and also Why do you like think that you did it like for me personally i know for like i i'm not gonna say it for a fact but i i look back and i just wanted attention i didn't feel like i was like i wanted to be the center of attention i wanted i, I didn't care if it was negative or positive or what like i wanted to be the guy you know like who said the funny thing in class like i just wanted attention so yeah. for you what was it I wanted attention too, up until I started getting more negative attention than positive bad, attention. Bad, bad, bad. And, uh, I really couldn't stand it. And honestly, like I would, this is, I'm going to give you a, uh, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. This is exactly the type of kid I was my senior year. I had a business, uh, a business class that I did. You'd think that now I'm an entrepreneur. You'd think that I would eat that shit up, right? Wrong. I fucking hated this guy. His name is Mr. Montoro. Mr. Montoro, if you see this, just know I still hate you. Yo, when I think about you. Mr. Day. Montoro, listen, you were doing your best. You you were not doing your best. This is why, <laughs> Mr. Montoro, you've never you never owned a business in your entire goddamn life. You should not be teaching business school. That Yo. is rule number one. And I knew that as a senior in high school. So Mr. Montoro did this. He made me try to do this project. This, it was a binder. Like I had to put all these things in there and do this. This project was supposed to take like four weeks to do. It was a very big part of our grade. As he's telling me to do this, and I'm just so over him, the way he's treating me, he's very condescending. Nothing I can do is right. Even when I got excited about an assignment, he would somehow find a way to shit on me. 
this guy, I literally have never been so devoted to getting out of doing some work. I sat down, I, I found out at the end of the year, senior year, what I needed to do in every single one of these classes, what I needed to score to average my overall grade to make sure that I didn't have to fucking do that binder portfolio project for Mr. Montoro's class. And I sat there and I, I wasn't George Costanza, his senior year. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was literally like, I, I figured out what I had to do. And after I figured it out and knew, and it was risky because I still had to take tests and do other things in other classes. But I knew if I took the L on that portfolio project that I'd get like, uh, I'd fail that class. But I knew if I failed that class with a 62, 65 was passing, that I could still pass overall senior year. And I sat there on my ass and he looked at me the entire time. You're not going to do this. You're going to fail. And I said, I'd rather not waste four weeks of my entire life doing something that will never matter in the future. This wow. is literally, like, Dude, he was can't. lazy. He wanted me to do busy work so he didn't have to teach because he didn't know how to teach because he didn't know how to do business. Yo, let me ask he you should this, not man. have been teaching business Yo, school. Like, this is this. absolute bullshit. It's like, We're hey, gonna... I'm going to teach you how to get to the NBA. Guess what? I've this. never been. I've never been in the fucking NBA. How can I teach you how to get to the NBA? Like, Yo, bro, Eric, don't. Bro, Eric, I can't stand I'm, this shit. Bro, we're going to bring up. I think this might be. And I don't even know if this is going to work. But so do you feel like you've forgiven your 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 senior year self yet? Like the guy uh, yes. that you were then. Okay. How old do you think Mr. Montoro was? By the way, Mr. Montoro, like I, I probably as old as you, old as fuck, 36. 36. Okay, so I know you're not there yet. But is it possible, right? Bringing the whole episode together, isn't it possible that maybe Mr. Montoro hadn't addressed some of the things that you have been fortunate to address? And he's some younger versions or even the current version of him at that age, that old as hell age, uh, having tantrums. Is it possible that today we can look at his situation as not allowing it into the circle, the bubble, as you suggested, and forgive him live here on the podcast? I could forgive him. I could forgive him from that standpoint of he didn't know how to deal with a kid that was rebellious. He didn't know what my future held. He, he was, he himself was a cog in the machine because also he was dealing probably with his the, own stuff. Deal, not only dealing with his own stuff, but he was also the kid that he loved to teach, which was the kid that was the nine to five. He, he, he knew he was going to have a job. He knew he was going to work a nine to five. He had no entrepreneurial DNA. He had n none of this and I'm not faulting him for it. I'm just saying like, he only favored that type of kid that was close to him. So he did what was easy and that's fine. And I also, I think about this story, not because I'm mad about it. I think about this story because I think it says the type of person I am that I really do stand up for what I think is right. Even if at the time it's wrong and I don't mind going back and calling myself on bullshit. Now, should I have done the assignment? Probably. Did I still pass because I did? I worked really, really hard not to, which is My really man funny. I did more work to. Yes, I did so much more work to <sighs> not do the stuff than I. It would probably would have been easier to do it. Yes, and but at the same time, could he have pulled me aside and had this conversation with me like I like I needed? That's that's something that I think these teachers need is 
they forget that we're like we're people. Are they humans, forget yeah. that they they could like we're humans. We're little I humans. Also, that understand have shit going having on. to deal with that, like mo, like just so many. I think it's almost like in any job when you're doing something so often, you get desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do look at it from the I, the perspective of like it's it. We are not. We are not, but. Uh, they are dealing with children who are also dealing with their own lives and like growing and really starting to learn themselves and misunderstanding themselves. And we're asking adults who haven't also completed some loops to then be in charge of or look after. It's almost like a parent who hasn't done that type of work that you have done trying to raise a kid. They're going to have the same, some of the same mishaps and issues, uh, and so I can't look at a teacher and think they have to be a superhero because they chose that job because I don't know why they chose that job. It might have been to educate. It might have been for summers off. And mm-hmm. so – Mostly summers off. I mean not mostly. I, I I know some teachers who really love teaching, and then when they get into it, it's like, bro, based on the standards, based on the state, like they're taking a deep dive into what some teachers have to deal with. I do understand. Now – I do agree with you. And you said it like you chose it. Like, how can you affect the most good? Because you didn't make these choices. And since I'm not in the classroom, I'm not going to say how that can be done now. Not, I do know as a kid, the shit that you did say, like, I will agree. Like if someone would took me aside, like maybe gave me a job to where I could be like, you know, like maybe I was a class X, Y, Z and I was helping like, I don't know. But if you would have put me in a place where I could have gained positive attention, I probably would have had. You're right. But they're also – I do like look at the fact that they're not really responsible for – and we're with them a lot. They're not really responsible for our behavior. Yeah. Right? They're not really responsible for edu- – like that in a sense I think would be more of our parents and, yes, the community as a whole, but – that's not like with especially a high school kid uh, you know a teacher has 20 in a class nine you know nine classes a day mm-hmm. that's a 180 kids 180 personalities like it's nuts it. you know like I, when you start really looking at the numbers i think it is tough to manage every single kid do i think it's something that we should try and do, yes, but I do understand with the circumstances now, it is tough. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, though. Um, no, I, I couldn't do it. And I, I just what it comes down to is, and I've said this for a while, I don't have any hate. I know I, for, like, I was being funny, like, hating on him, but I have zero hate for him. But, like, I couldn't do the bit. job. Just, just I couldn't, do, I couldn't do the job at all that these guys are doing. I really couldn't. But also, at the same time, that's why the system's broken, because if – we need people, we need to vet these people more and pay them more because they have such a large responsibility for shaping them. I would love every teacher to make six figures, $120,000 a year, but they also have to be vetted and make sure that they're good on their shit. Because like, I know a ton of teachers, like my, my son has a teacher, he's seven. He has a teacher that loves, literally loves teaching. Like that's you could see it. She bleeds teaching she's got his back but she's got every kid's back it's not because she's roman's not her favorite you could just tell she loves what she does and she understands it's like miss honey from matilda yeah exactly it's not that it's not that 
So, oh, Miss Sunny, you're saying? I'm Ms. sorry. Miss Honey, Whatever from reason, Matilda, yeah. My brain went to uh, Trenchbull. My brain oh, immediately no, went to Trenchbull. Trenchbull. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I was no. like, no, she's not bad. Like, she's good. But Miss Sunny, yeah, she's like genuine love for teaching. And it's just, it's one of those things, man, where I, I will always have a problem with the system. And here is me, this, I'm, I really don't talk about like, get cocky when it comes to money. But like, there's been such a big part of me for a really long time that knows these teachers were making like $40,000 a year, even the ones with 10 year in my small town were making like 60,000, most likely, uh, hopefully more now, I genuinely hope for now, because that was a while ago. But there's a such a big part of me that's like, bro, you guys basically told me I would never amount to anything that mm -hmm. I would never get anything done. And That's I funny. literally make three times your fucking salary yeah. and I do it in a third of the time. And I live my life exactly how I want to live. There are some that, that I will say there is a part of me that like the class clown, the like talking too much, like the teacher. I, mean, I do. I do feel that like, Bro, not that, I wouldn't say they said you weren't going to amount to anything. I think that's how I felt they were speaking. I'm not sure that anyone actually said that, but like you're not going to make it far with these outbursts. Or like, like literally, we're doing right now the shit that I was doing in class, like clowning and joking, and you know, mm -hmm. like hopefully something positive comes from it. Um, before we head out, I'd love to just get your, you know, let's 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 bring it all in. Um, what would you say is the best reason for someone to step into therapy? Oh, dang. Um, if you feel like you don't for what it, this, this was kind of like my thing. So I'm sure there's multiple reasons mm -hmm. if, but if you feel like you should have been maybe born in a different time or like maybe not another planet, but if you somehow feel like you don't fit or belong and like, you almost feel like you're like, why am I like this? But other people are like that. And in a, in a not super negative way, like, Ooh, why am I like that? Like I'm terrible. These people are great. I just mean, if you just feel different and something like that means something's going on. Like I always felt like I was not, and I figured it out now. I was not the guy that was going to stand in the straight line. I was Almost not the like guy. If you felt like you were, if you felt, if you feel misunderstood, and feel like you shouldn't be this misunderstood. Maybe that's where you're headed. Exactly. If you feel <laughs> misunderstood or you feel, even if you feel like something's missing or is there times where like you don't like, there were times I never knew how like angry I actually was, mm. like how much stuff that I would bottle in. But if you feel like maybe like, are you getting into like communication problems with other people? I do and like how you like say that. Like, fighting. I like how you said that. If you feel like you're misunderstood, or if you feel like something is missing, yeah. Right. Like those two things I think are big ones. What would you say is the parental advice? Like you're talking to your, you're managing a household, right? You are co-managing with your wife, a household of, you know, three kids, three different personalities and you know, the personalities at work. What would you say as a parent is the one thing that you always have to remember when being a dad? Uh, the best way I could put it, and I'm going to say it's going to be a, a, a and a B almost Okay. a treat them like little Eric, which B means put yourself in their shoes and think, really think back to like, you were just doing that. Like also like, you're not that far away from that. Like I'm 33. Right. I have a 12 that he's almost 13. Yeah. Like that was 20 years ago. 
Like I realize it sounds like, but in the grand scheme of people, that was not that long ago. Like no. I'm figuring this shit out too, still to this day, adults well, don't have shit figured out. So he's still, he's definitely still figuring it out and it's giving them that grace of figuring it out. And I grace just want to be a beautiful word. Yeah. I just want to be the, you know, we're at the bowling alley and I just want to be the bumper. So he's, he's still trying to do his best on the way down there and I'm helping him out. So one That's day he doesn't beautiful. need those bumpers. I love that. You know, I like that's all I'm that. trying to do. Just be a bumper, um, bro. That's it. I'm just trying to be the bumper. <laughs> and then if you're leading adults, right, as far as leading adults, what would be uh, the advice that you'd give? Get out of their fucking way. Bet. And then the last but not the least, I need you to look in the camera and give me a positive message for Mr. Montoya. Mr. Montoro. Mr. Montoro. Right. What do you got? Mr. Montoro. I'm very sorry for all the things that little Eric had done to you at 18 years old. Uh, he was very right with all the things that he did and said, uh, and you were very wrong, but I still very much understand that he was probably a very difficult 18 year old to teach. That being said, have you ever considered switching professions? I feel like that I wasn't you. as positive as it Goodbye. could have been. But man, my, my guy, Eric, where can everyone find you? Where should they be looking for you? Where can they get the Eric G experience? Uh, I think I'm my best on TikTok. I have the most fun. It's such a community there. So I'm like, funny. I'm at Eric Grunhofer on TikTok and I'm at Eric Grunhofer on Instagram. I enjoy Instagram uh, or what it used to be. So I'm still there. I don't have as big of like that big of an audience, but it's the best way to get a hold of me or interact with me. Uh, but if you want to actually see like what I believe is like my most authentic self, I'm over on, on TikTok doing stuff over there. Make sure to check out Eric G over there. You know, you can check out the podcast, the YouTube, the IG. We got all kinds of stuff in the True Warrior community. Thank you for joining and listening and watching and doing all of the things. Make sure you're rating and reviewing. And please go give Eric G a follow. Say I like you got to let them know I sent you. Let them know because that just gives me a little more clout. Makes me feel good. Because then he's gonna be like, bro, like I gotta, I'm like, you know, like put me on both, again. We're, we're both, we're both <laughs> competitors. So if you just let them know that I sent you, I would really appreciate it as well. But take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks, Joe.